Welcome to Blooming Out on Community Radio, WFHB. Blooming Out is a forum by and for the LGBTQ plus community. Each week we explore the issues, events pertaining to the LGBT community in Indiana, the U.S., and internationally. We speak with guests about human rights, coming out, the legality of being gay, and much more. Blooming Out is a multiple award-winning program here on Community Radio, WFHB. Thanks for listening to Blooming Out. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Blooming Out. I'm Frankie Preslav. I'm Kevin Mosenzade. I'm Grant Rollins. And I'm Justin Robertson. Welcoming back all of our fabulous co-hosts. We've missed you, boys. We have missed welcome. you, Welcome. We've missed you. <laughs> <laughs> what and have I, we been up to? Why, why have you left us? Um, you don't have to tell us. Pride. It's, it's I've been traveling. True. Yeah. You yes. guys were up in Chicago? I mm-hmm. was. He wasn't. Right. What were you doing there? Um, for uh, Pride Fest. Yeah. Oh, you were at the Pride weekend. Fest there. I was at Pride Fest last weekend. So he was, was waving his little rainbow flag. So you've just been at Pride Fest all over the place. I have been, yes. I'm a traveling Pride person. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be going to Cincinnati Pride this weekend. Ooh, have any of you guys ever been to that one? No, I've never been no. in Ohio. What? You've never been out of Blooming. You've got to go. <laughs> it's yeah, crazy. It's <laughs> so I'm going there. Actually, we have um, my son... Uh, Bailey and his friend Hunter in the studio and um, hi guys everyone say hi Bailey hi Bailey hi Hunter um so anyway so we have that going on and um next week actually we'll talk a little bit about Indianapolis Pride we didn't get an opportunity to talk about that but we were over there and and had a really good time so I definitely want to give them um a, a shout out um so yeah so I understand Frankie that we have um another fabulous guest lined up for tonight so can you introduce her to us yes um we have Mel- uh Melanie Davis I've only known her for nine years <laughs> and I can't say her name um, <laughs> an intersex transgender woman who advocates for LGBTQ rights as well as help to dispel myths to help humanize trans and intersex people this should be a Fabulous episode. But first, let's hear hear um, what Justin has to say about LGBTQ news. Thanks, Frank, Frankie. Um, the World Cup has barely started, but gay fans are already being bashed and arrested in Russia. LGBTQ fans and advocates have decried FIFA's choice of Russia to host the World Cup this year, claiming that the notoriously anti-gay country would be unsafe for LGBTQ fans. While the Sporting Authority and the Russian government have tried to downplay the the concerns, two fans have already been brutally attacked before the games have even started. French citizen O. Davrius and his partner had traveled together to Russia to cheer on French athletes, according to Metro UK. But the first match had yet to be played before the two were attacked after catching a cab and left with serious injuries. Davrius suffered head and brain injuries and a fractured jaw. His partner was left disabled after the attack, according to Russian media reports. Quote, even though the injured are homosexuals, it does not justify the monsters who beat them, unquote, one outlet concluded. Two men have been arrested in, in the attack. British politician and activist Peter 
Tatchell was also arrested also arrested this morning as he protested Vladimir Putin's tacit approval of Chechnya's ongoing program of torturing and killing gay men. He was detained holding a sign that read, Putin fails to go against Chechnya torture of gay people. Quote, getting arrested is standard for Russians who protest for LGBT plus rights or against corruption, economic injustice, and Russia's annexation of Crimea and its bombing of civilians in Syria. Factual <clears throat> told British outlet Gay Star News. Unlike brave Russian protesters, I have the protection of a British passport, which means I have been treated more leniently than they are. Little action has been taken by the Russian government and police to crack down on far-right extremists who target LGBTQ people for violent and humiliating assaults, including the investigators of the current threats to bash and stab LGBT plus football fans at the World Cup. While FIFA and the Russian government made ludicrous claims that queer fans would be safe, and would not be arrested for waving rainbow flags or displaying public affection under the nation's gay propaganda laws, activists were quick to warn fans that the promises were bogus. Russian vigilantes have threatened to, quote, root out and stab, unquote, LGBTQ fans, and Cossacks, providing security for the games, <clears throat> have said that they will report gay fans who kiss to the police. That is just unbelievable. It's also reported an organization of conserv conservative vigilantes is threatening to report gay people to police at the World Cup this year in Russia. In Rostov, one of the cities hosting World Cup matches, members of the conservative Cossacks have volunteered to help with security for the games. And they are saying they'll be on the lookout for men kissing. Quote, if two men are kissing each other at the World Cup, we will tip off the police, drawing their attention to it, and the rest is a police matter, unquote. Oleg, Oleg Barankov, a Cossack leader, told Radio Free Europe, quote, to us, values mean the orthodox faith and the family comes first, unquote. Homosexuality is not illegal in Russia, but gay propaganda, materials that say that same-sex relationships are of equal value to opposite-sex relationships is banned. The law also considers LGBTQ symbols to be adult content and, and inappropriate for children. Despite all that, Newsweek reports that no one has been prosecuted for public displays of affection between members of the same sex. But since, since even LGBTQ people in more accepting countries are often reluctant to show affection in public out of fear of violence, it is perhaps not surprising that Russia has not yet had to prosecute anyone for showing affection to someone of the same sex. Russia has been dismissive of claims that its, that its laws prevent people from waving rainbow flags in public. Quote, it's clear you can come here and not be fined for expressing feelings, unquote, said World Cup Ambassador Alexei Smertin. Quote, the law is about propaganda to minors. I can't imagine that anyone is going to going to go into a school and propaganda that way to children, unquote. <clears throat> but Russia's official stance might have little effect on citizens' actions. Last month, British LGBTQ soccer fans said that they were getting threatening message from Russians. Quote, we've had people say that if they find us, they'll stab us. So it's been a mixture, but they're 
but they're being dealt with seriously, and those investigations are still ongoing, unquote, said Joe White of Pride in Football. And the Cossacks' threat of reporting men who kiss each other has some teeth, even if the Russian government does nothing with these reports. Earlier this year, two Cossacks charged into a crowd of anti-Putin protesters and thrashed people with whips. Quote, I've covered these fake Cossacks before. They are violent thugs for hire, doing jobs too dirty even for crooked cops, unquote. Coda's story editor Alexei Kovalev wrote, quote, they'll be providing security at the World Cup in June. Now you can freak out, unquote. Wow. So who wants to go to Russia? <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable that uh this is going on today Justin and i were just talking about this it's like it's you know, absolutely terrifying when yeah. when when <clears throat> does it stop and you know that's the, the big question um but you know just the world cup and for it to take place in a place where it's all about hate um i mean I, as a gay man or as a human i couldn't imagine going to a place like that and supporting it regardless of how much i enjoyed my sport and that kind of, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if it's, if we, it was a country and they were uh, persecuting black people or they're per- persecuting women or, which there are a lot, um, I, I would, you know, still have a problem about traveling, especially in a, sp- a, a sporting event. Mm-hmm. And then they're basically open about it, that they will beat you, they will hit you, that there's a, a good chance and good probability that something might happen. And obviously to these two gentlemen um they sustained some very serious injuries i don't know what are you guys thoughts on this i mean i do know but uh well i want to thank you first of all for bringing this to our attention and bringing it on the show because i don't think that it's getting the coverage that it deserves certainly not in the american mainstream press because when i read about this i I just went down this rabbit hole you know of all of these horrible stories, including a pop singer who was very well-known and well-liked who was murdered by these people when he went to attend his sister's wedding in his hometown. And it's been going on since February of 2017. They're literally just rounding up homosexuals off of the street and putting them in concentration camps and torturing them and killing them. Right. And this is, I mean, obviously unacceptable. Um, So... And, and these are, this is, you know, our, our best friend. This is who um, our president happens to be in bed with. Um, right. And ironically. Ironically. Ironically, yeah, exactly. You know, and, I, you know, it's just, I, I don't have words, you know. No, when I, I, when I read this and, you know, I, I sometimes want to just turn it off, but, um, you know, that uh, you can't. You have no. to be able to, to witness it and be able to speak out and be able to say something. So um, I don't know what, uh, you know, <coughs> we just got to keep uh, talking about it. Um, you know, people got to keep posting stuff. We got to, mm-hmm. you know, let uh, our uh, legislators know that this isn't cool. And uh, I don't know if it's with this administration, you know, where it's going to go. Well, this isn't the first time that Russia has been involved in something no, like this because they, when they hosted the Winter Olympics in 2014 or sometime around then, it was a big uh, question at that time and um, what our former president Barack Obama did was send a statement to Russia that they weren't going to back down on this, that they couldn't do this to LGBTQ people and that if 
if they started harassing gay people at the games that there was going to be hell to pay for yeah, it. Yeah, who was the ambassador that, I mean, he sent... Um, well, he sent Billie Jean King. Right, right. As That's right. In his place mm-hmm. to the games and just sent a very clear message that... Basically, this is yeah. Not, this is not how and, what we're and standing And here's a middle for. finger. Yeah. You know, but our administration yeah. doesn't have the... Well, they just don't care. Right. <laughs> I no. mean, it just doesn't care. And back home in the good old U.S. of A., a gay Pennsylvania legislator tells Pence to get bent during a Philly trip. You can't say he was vague about it. At this point, we couldn't, bre- we couldn't agree anymore. Pennsylvania State Representative Brian Sims welcomes Vice President Mike Pence to this Tuesday fundraiser, City of Brotherly Love, with his middle finger. The outspoken legislator lashed out at the Vice President on Pence's visit to Sims' home district. Quote, to be clear, we're a city of soaring diversity, unquote, Sims wrote on social media. Quote, we believe in the power of all people to live and to contribute, black, brown, queer, trans, atheist, immigrant. We want you and we'll respect you. So keep that in mind while you're here raising money to attack more families, spread more lies, and blast us with your Bible, and maybe even talk to a woman without your wife in the room. We have plenty of them, and they're pretty much all more powerful and more real than you ever have been. Unquote. Pence, so anti-LGBTQ that the human rights campaign has a detailed guide to his bigotry, has drawn growing protests across the country. In Columbus, Ohio last week, his visit was timed with pride no less, and a big block party blasted tunes outside the venue. In Philly, hundreds of protesters shamed Pence and the Trump administration for separating immigrant children from their families. Sims didn't just flip off and hide. He spent last Tuesday afternoon and evening responding to and debunking the predictable replies to his post. If it's a shock to see his dramatic approach, you're not following Sims, now with 27,000 Twitter followers. Elected to the 182nd District of the Pennsylvania House of Representatives in 2012, the 39-year-old Democrat is a rising star in gay politics. On the other, or sorry, on the one hand, he's a former college football player who has channels his inner Ariel with a dashboard Disney rendition from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> On the other, he's unabashedly outspoken in calling out statehouse conservatives for religious bigotry. His smile, his beard, his robust stances on progressive issues makes him the kind guy with whom you'd pull up a chair, pop open a beer, and watch the Philadelphia Eagles with. Yes, we've fretted about other outrageous gestures of protest against Trump on the national stage, For example, Robert De Niro's F. Trump at the Tony Awards and Kathy Kathy Griffin's beheaded Trump and (laughs) You want to say that? I don't know what that... Beep, beep. Okay, just beep. Beep, beep. (laughs) But there's a sliding scale on profanity, and as we slid further into Trump's swamp, we see some substance to Sims' sizzle, especially when we put in a local context. It's his home and hey... It's Philly. <laughs> there you are. We had like, you know, dash dash so you, you know, could just go. Yeah, no, I didn't know if that I was a real word. Beat. I just like the way it was spelled. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to our <laughs> listeners. I was very words. confused by some wording. Frankie puts oh. in all the words we're n- we can't say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, could, you could say feckless, right? Yeah. Oh, you could say feckless. Yeah. 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 Is that what you just said? I just yeah, didn't know. That's the word after that. So this is our hero. And, um, I, I didn't know anything about Yeah, thanks for including Sims. a picture of him. Yeah, I, 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 for our cutie. listeners, you guys will have to go on and check out Brian Sims' uh, 
uh, Twitter page and, he and check nice him out. Hands. He has very nice hands. <laughs> he, played, <laughs> he played college football. <laughs> he played. He's a, a, a big burly man, um, but but very well kept. Um, so no, besides being a gorgeous person <laughs> physically, he's you know out there in the front and saying a lot of things that uh, a lot of people wish they could say or want to say. So he's giving a voice to um, a lot of folks out there. That's great. We need more people like him. We do. So let's vote. For I him. like him a lot. Yeah, he should be. Uh, hopefully, he'll ru- we'll see him. He's in state, so maybe he'll you know make a dash for the federal. Who knows? That'd be awesome. That would be. That would be. Um, so uh, don't touch that dial. While we take a few minutes to enjoy some music from our featured artist this week, Beach House. We'll be back with our guest, Melanie Davis.
Welcome back to Blooming Out. <laughs> you were just listening to Beach House. Yeah, Beach House. That's who it was. <laughs> teamwork. I was like, I, job, don't, I don't remember who it was. <laughs> we have teamwork. I'm glad you guys are back because I don't know how we've been doing this show. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we it's call really Boy fun. 1, Boy 2. Right? Boy 1, Boy 2. Team one, thing two. Wait, uh, our guest tonight, <laughs> Melanie Davis, took the path less traveled and wound up a basic middle-aged mom to a smart-mouthed teenager, which, as it turns out, is precisely where she didn't know she wanted to be all along. She's an intersex transgender woman who enjoys doing education and outreach to individuals, families, and groups that may be unfamiliar with intersex and trans people and want to learn more. She's a member of the ACLU Transgender Education and Advocacy Program and recently joined the Indiana PTA as a board member and chair of their Diversity and Inclusion Committee. She makes a mean chili and three-day venison stew and loves all things autumn, including Halloween and pumpkin-spiced everything. Hence, she's a basic. <laughs> Since coming out at 22, Melanie has tried to advocate for LGBT rights in various ways. Her favorite thing to do is to help dispel myths and help humanize trans and intersex people in the minds of those who still have only the Caitlyn Jenner, Jerry Springer, bathroom menace understanding of trans folk. Her divorce case made it necessary to establish the legality of same-sex marriage in Indiana before it could be dissolved, even under Indiana's DOMA, and coincidentally during the brief window when same-sex couples from around the state were getting married before the eventual nationwide recognition after Aborgafell. Hers was the first same-sex marriage legally recognized by the state and the first same-sex divorce. After concentrating on being a mom for a little over a decade, nine of those in Bloomington, she's jumping back into the activist role because of the widespread lack of famil familiarity with trans people and issues, but with increasing scrutiny and loss of equality promoting protections at this time, public outreach and education are her areas of focus. She's conducting public Ask Me Anything drop-in sessions, the next one of which will be at the Monroe County Public Library on Thursday, August 2nd, from 6 until 9 p.m. As well as developing presentations for groups who serve trans people but are, according to her, quote, not familiar or comfortable with terminology and pronouns, understanding issues that affect us, where we come from, or what being intersex or transgender means. This includes medical staff who may have only received a mention of us in their education, educators who are seeing trans and non-binary students for the first time, and I'd like to spread out into places of worship, which is traditionally iffy territory for us, but per precisely where people who have the most misconceptions of us congregate. Welcome, Melanie. It's so exciting to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Cool. I've been listening for nine years, and... And here you are. And here I am. And here you are. And it's your first time on the show. It's my first time. Yeah, on I the can't show. believe that that uh, somebody hasn't grabbed you since um, since nine years. I look out for those kinds of bands. <laughs> 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 um, so I, I, you know, there's a lot to cover. I mean, you're you're a, a very fascinating person. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so, <laughs> uh, and I was so excited that you said yes. 
Oh, thank um, you. To, to blooming out, like yes to the dress. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we have you here. Um, so I want to ask you anything. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so let's kind of start from, I don't know, coming out. And, you know, I want to talk about intersex and transsexual and just kind of your, your plight um, okay. to where you were, wh how you got to today. So, uh, you know, 22, you came out. Yeah, um, I, uh, I, growing up, I didn't actually know the words for it, you know, in the 70s and 80s. Um, so uh, were, were you diagnosed as a child as intersex or? That came later. Okay. Um, and uh, with some testing and stuff like that, uh, I actually uh, got a period at age 11. Okay. And uh, uh, that kind of confused everybody, but. Um, it's also quite young. It, well. Mm. Right. No, not really. No, no? It, it's about, it's about. Oh, well, right. why do I know? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong. Um, and, and that was, but, but uh, intersex wasn't something that but was you were, But you were of. being raised as a male. Yes, yes. Okay. And, uh, and by outward appearances, uh, I appeared to be, uh, without going into too much detail. That was probably too much. And, um... <laughs> Uh, so my parents just doubled down on the, the you know, masculine behaviors and, and uh, after the period, I mean, when you, Oh yes. Oh, uh, and I was, uh, you know, too effeminate. I, I acted very, uh, effeminately. So, uh, it was just something they were doing to, for my own good, you mm -hmm. know, you have to correct the behaviors of your effeminate child if you're raising them as a male and, uh, so they can go out into the world and flourish. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Uh, that didn't really take too well uh, when I got to college. And now you played football in high school. Oh, you had to bring that up, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. You play, and you, you know, you, you were good. Uh, well, it was uh, I. So, so I was told. Yeah, I um, mean, didn't you like? weren't you ranked and they? Uh, I was uh, right up there with uh, all state one yeah. year. Wow. So, uh, yeah, defensive tackle. <coughs> You know, uh, draw the the lines between did that you and the world according to I mean, Garp. Did, did yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Cliche. Um, <laughs> so, w was it a sport you enjoyed? I mean, was it something that, or were you being pushed into that because it was this is what your parents you were trying to? My mom wanted to play football. Actually, okay. <laughs> that was the that was the thing. And Seriously? Yeah, yeah. She was. Yeah, my mom is like this. You know, non harmful. She's really. You know peaceful and loving and she cares for people so well and and yeah she wanted to play football <laughs> <laughs> i um, love it but you know hey 50s and si early 60s yeah growing up that kind of constriction maybe that was a way of like you know getting out and yeah breaking out into the world but uh but of course back then she didn't have a chance right um so yeah it fell to me and uh and i'd quit wrestling and i'd quit the swim team and i'd quit pretty much all of that other stuff that I... At this point, did you think that maybe you were gay or did you think that... Did you have any idea? I like I knew as soon as I knew the difference between boys and girls um, that that wasn't right. I, um, they were they were wrong and I was right. And then eventually it, it flipped in my head to, uh, well, maybe I'm crazy. Mm. And because I didn't see anybody else like me in the world. There, Where did you grow up? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, up in Northwest Indiana. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, Lake County. Okay. Cedar Lake, Crown Point. Mm -hmm. Shout sure. out. The region. <laughs> <laughs> the region. The region. The region. Yeah. yeah. Uh, such a, 
a peaceful place. Um, and strangely, you know, as as blue as that votes, uh, not very welcoming to LGBT folk, mm -hmm. uh, even now. Um, really? Yeah, uh, it's it's very conservative. But there are a lot of uh, 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 there's a lot of immigration and people coming over and uh, and they carry their uh, ideas and beliefs from the old world, and and they kind of sit there and uh, um, so there hasn't been uh, as much advancement in certain areas uh, uh, socially. Mm -hmm. So, it, and it's hard going against your parents. You know, I, mm -hmm. I didn't until I left the house. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and I could see that with a lot of other people. We, we left the area. Most of the people that I found on Facebook from high school who were uh, LGBT uh, moved away mm -hmm. um, and found, you know, havens in Chicago or wherever else. Um, and uh, and here in Bloomington. And here you are. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to invite them all to Bloomington. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> so when you came out, do you have any allies or any support or any role models, or did you do this just oh. all on your own? Uh, well, I had um, uh, the person who is now my ex uh, was supportive, and um, as I came out, I learned that you know it wasn't quite as bad as I'd read on the internet, mm -hmm. where everybody abandons you and. So were you coming out as trans? Trans at yeah. this point. Okay. Yeah. And um and that was um it was interesting. It was tough. There still wasn't a whole lot of uh uh support. Uh there was some online. Um that was, you know, back in what, nineteen ninety seven. Mm -hmm. And um and so starting to build online and and then uh out in the communities. Um, there still wasn't a whole lot of awareness of trans issues. There was still a lot of transphobia, uh, or what's called transphobia today. Back then, didn't even have a word. It was just no. like, oh, you people. Think, yeah. <clears throat> uh, uh, lack of awareness, and uh, so it was. It was a mixed bag. I came out slowly. I I did a a, a very slow roll on the transition thing. So were you? Did you start dressing as female? I mean oh yeah, uh, dressing, uh, going out. There were a couple of support groups in Indianapolis uh, where I was living at the time. I lived there for twelve years. And you were in college at this point. N I was out, out okay. of college. At this point. And um, uh, you know, living on my own and working. So I had to like you know switch back and forth from work to to home. Um, and then in uh, nineteen ninety nine, I'd, I'd come out to a friend at work because I felt comfortable enough to come out to her. And she ended up telling one of her friends who used to work there. And then it came, uh, I walked in in the morning and everybody kind of walked away from me. Like people back down the hallway to get away from my, my going to the break room. And uh, that seemed really odd. And then I was called into HR and they said, okay, so here's the deal. And then they said that, you know, it, it had spread like wildfire. Um, and uh, a few months later, I was completely out of a job. So, were you and you were dressing as female at this point? I started okay. to dress more androgynously okay. uh, because I mean, once it was out at work, I could you know right. kind of do what I wanted. But uh, I was you know trying to back in the day that was recommended that you just uh, ease into it, um, uh, and and we were still trying to figure out how to do all that. Right. Um, I'm pretty naive about the laws and stuff, but to me that sounds like it would be illegal. Is it now? It was 
now uh, there's a, a human rights ordinance in in Marion County, mm-hmm. um, but that wasn't passed until 2006. But and there's nothing on the federal books, and oh gosh, no. nothing on the no, state. No, no, books. Not, not even in the state. Yeah, you can yeah. still be fired. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, well, and even here, the human rights ordinance for Bloomington, uh-huh. uh, which was early and great, there, there's no uh, uh, tooth to it. There we have to change that. Yeah, I mean, gotta vote. Just, yeah, exactly. So that's actually one of the things that uh, a couple of groups I'm in are working on uh-huh. is to try to get uh, some more bite to that. Great. So did you um, go through any hormone therapy or anything at this point? Hormone therapy. The nice thing about uh, being intersex uh, is that I already had uh, the hormones going. In the way that (coughs) I'm intersex, there are as many different ways to be intersex as there are intersex people. Yeah, I was reading um, and it just the list and list and list and it was, you know, that we are very unique as, as people that there's no just one. And, um, right. w- the, you know, I was reading, there was, you know, it's like one in a hundred or one in a thousand or in 2000, but then it got to a point where it was like one in a hundred. Right. And can you explain that one so a little bit? So it depends on how you define intersex. That's exactly. Okay. And uh, uh, one of the things might be um, hypospades, uh, where the urethra in a uh, uh, child with uh, born male or assigned male at birth, uh, uh, the urethra doesn't come to the end of the penis. And uh, it comes somewhere in between. Um, that can be considered uh, by some as being intersex because it's uh, not fully developed into what an uh, average male penis looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a simple uh, uh, surgery for that, and that takes care of it. Um, but then there are people with a lot more issues, uh, uh, much different uh, development. Um, there are people who don't know that they're intersex. Uh, there's a, a woman in Egypt who is, um, uh, she, it was discovered that she, uh, she's a mom, she's a wife, she, had, she gave birth to children naturally, uh, and she has XY chromosomes. And, but she developed as a female fully. And she gave birth, and one of her daughters it has XY chromosomes, and she's given birth now. So when people say, uh, give the argument that, oh, you can't argue genetics, you can't argue with biology, uh, they're coming from, you know, a biological understanding of somebody who's in, you know, first year college. Uh, but when you study the, the way that um, genetics and epigenetics work, there's so much variety so and everybody's a little different and right now the world health organization has declared that uh uh uh, transgender people are not uh it's not a mental illness it's uh uh, i'm going to get it wrong um it's under uh, uh problems with sexual development and so it's been moved out of the mental health area into rightfully more the the medical area great so um we're going to take a a break for a moment so we can um, have lucas our engineer update our weekly events calendar and take a small music break so stay tuned all right looking over at the community calendar um on sunday we have a couple things going on um sunday june 24th at 1 p.m there's the picnic and pulse remembrance at bryan park that's at 
1001 South Henderson Street in Bloomington. Um, it's a family-friendly pitch-in picnic, also a moment of silence and name-ring to remember the lives of those lost at the Pulse Orlando shooting on June 12, 2016. Um, and that's June 24th at 1 p.m. until about 3 p.m. And then also on Sunday at 4 p.m., um, we have the Burlesque Basi Basics at The Lodge on 101 East 6th Street in Bloomington. Um, that's at 4 p.m. Looks like it's Burlesque Basics and Entertainer Essentials. And as well, we have uh, the Arts Fair on the Square at Courthouse Square in downtown Bloomington. That's um, Friday the 23rd, or sorry, Saturday the 23rd from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m presenting 100 local, regional, and national artists and craftspeople, including performances throughout the day, um, including the Windfall Dancers, Jor Jordan River Crossing Barbershop Quartet, Dark Side Tribal Belly Dancers, and Alexi and Josh Soul Pop Duo. Um, this event is free and open to the public, with free parking at the Monroe Convention Center. That's at 302 South College Avenue. All right, uh, next we're going to listen to um, Dive off of Beach House's um, album 7, which just came out this past May. Thank you. 
<laughs> Welcome back to Blooming Out. We are back with our guest, Melanie Davis. Let's pick up from where we left off. Hi, Melanie. Hey. Um, so we, we were talking about intersex. Right. Um, and you were explaining, um, you know, we were talking about there's one, you know, in a hundred and all the different uh, possibilities of, of people being, you know, what it is to be intersex. So kind of pick up from there. Okay. So, um, so the numbers, uh, depending on how you look at it, change. Uh, however, when uh, when I've been in, uh, to the hospital, which I've, I've had to do uh, a few times uh, lately, um, people there, nurses, doctors, uh, orderlies, uh, haven't apparently heard of it. And that, that's something that, I mean, they've heard of it, but it's, they want to ask me, uh, what, well, was that called something else before? And I say, yes, it was called pseudohermaphroditism. And, and they have no idea. And yeah, <laughs> the tongue moved too fast. And they were like, oh, oh, okay, I kind of understand it now. But they would get maybe a day on it, you know, in all of their medical training because, well, it's going to be so rare you don't see it. Mm. But it does come up. And uh, it does affect the care that, that uh, is needed by the patient sometimes. So, um, and especially if it regards, you know, endocrine systems or it regards, uh, um, um uh, physical anomalies, uh, things that they need to to understand uh, internally. Um, if they don't have an understanding of it, they, you know, can't treat people as well. Uh, so there has to be a lot more education out there. And um, uh, so that's where I'm at. When um, and I don't know if things have changed dramatically or not, but at one time I forget the it was a famous intersex. Um, twins, I right. think they were. Yeah. One was intersex, maybe, and one wasn't. Uh, what happened was actually uh, neither of them were. They were both born uh, male, and okay. they were uh, uh, fine until the circumcision. That's and right. the uh, hot knife that they used, uh, for lack of a better term, there is a better term, I just don't remember it, uh, oh. was turned up too high, and oh. uh, most of his penis was... Uh, uh, Dilated. burned away right. oh my god yeah yeah um <clears throat> sorry and and that's actually not you know it, it's not common but it does happen oh. so uh there was at the uh, johns hopkins uh there was a doctor who was uh studying um gender and uh he hypothesized that it was all about nurture and if you simply raised your child uh as a gender from early on that w that imprint would carry on and they would just you know have that gender identity as they grew up and so uh he advocated and his name was john money um so if you ever want to like curse him in uh under your breath that's the name you use john money john money yeah and his his research was used uh up until you know a few years ago about a decade ago, they were when decided. When did this happen? This is in the early 70s. 70s. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and so they tried raising one of the twins as a girl. Uh, hormone therapy and uh, surgeries. And he was recording all of this uh, you know, as great proof of his hypothesis. And it was all lies. He had made the entire thing up. Uh, and then, Interesting. yeah, and the uh, the twin who had been operated on uh, transitioned uh -huh. back to a male, and uh, once he was an adult, 
and um, and got married and had a kid and then went on all these talk shows and, and kind of tried to spread awareness about this uh, and, and did. And unfortunately, um, both he and his brother uh, committed suicide. Um, oh, how uh, tragic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that is, uh, it, it, it's a testament to how deeply not being able to be yourself affects uh -huh. you even even after you've tried to take corrective measures it can still come back um uh -huh. and, and haunt you um so yeah that was uh and that's just, typically just what they would do i um, mean with intersex babies for, at for that. babies who were outwardly intersex they have uh, ambiguous genitalia they do that all the time. They just decide and say, you see, you're there's this. There's actually a little tool that they would use, a little measuring tool, and they would uh, measure the phallus. And if it was uh, longer than a certain point, it was a boy. And if it was under a certain point, it was a girl. And the uh, the phrasing was, it's easier to dig a hole than build a pole. That was their oh, wow. yeah, rationale. So it was all based on genitalia. It was all based on genitalia. Yeah. And so that, uh, you know, isn't really how you <laughs> should mm -hmm. approach this. But again, it was early on mm -hmm. and they had John Money's mm -hmm. uh, uh, study. Right. Who was and probably the only person studying this, right? Was this he the, wasn't only the only one? There was a, a diamond. Uh, it was his name. And I think he was out <laughs> of uh, 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 Hawaii. And he had a differing hypothesis. He oh. he believed that uh, that it was something that was in more inherent, mm -hmm. uh, or at least uh, was solidified uh, early on. And so he and John Money clashed with mm -hmm. the with their hypotheses. But John Money is the one who had more clout, uh, okay. and more money, more more voice. You know, <laughs> he's Johns Hopkins. I mean, yeah, who's going to argue right. with somebody from there? Um, and and so he, you know, won out in that uh, uh, aspect, um, and and that went on for until the '90s, and a lot of uh, intersex awareness came out. Uh, people were getting together. The internet was coalescing all these people into a, a, a force and a voice, and they were able to really petition a lot better than they had been before. Uh, and, uh, you know, all across the world, it became obvious that really the, the thing is to let the children grow up and decide, or not decide, I, wrong word, to express uh -huh. who they are, what their gender identity is. Uh -huh. and, um, and that is the new norm that's happening across, okay. the, across the world. Is anybody still doing the old stuff? It, I mean, there are holdouts. Um, uh, I'm guessing it varies by country too. And varies by country, varies by region, varies by age of uh, of, of doctor. You and know. maybe just the doctor in general. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and ho you know, it was hospital to hospital too, their policies. And, uh, so, but but it's, it's bec fast becoming standard uh, that unless there is a case to be made for the health of the child, to leave the child as they were born until they grow up and express their uh, their gender identity. So I guess um, kind of bridging the transsexual side to this, because I think a lot of people are 
kind of confused on you know between the two and right. what's you know the difference and you you did an ex a great job explaining but kind of clarify again you know now the the transsexual stuff so so this is this is an, uh, another emerging thing um so what we and and I'm going to bring up uh terminology switches transsexual has kind of fallen out of favor okay because of the the sex connotation and right. it, it mixes with uh, other things, and it also doesn't just sound. Okay, I got my good. pen out here, so tell me so I can. Yeah, uh, go uh, ahead and red, <laughs> red pen that. Um, and so it's moved to uh, the you know we say transgender. Mm -hmm. uh, transgender, right? And oh. trans folk, uh, um, <laughs> the new, well, actually, it's it's almost twenty years old. Uh, data from from many different studies is showing uh, that there are uh, physical, uh, uh, we'll say, commonalities between um, trans people, their gender identity, and uh, certain aspects of brain activity and, and development. And that's pre-transition, too. I saw that study right. where it's not just after they've taken hormones, it was before they took hormones, they did studies of the brain. Right, exactly. And and so that's uh, been going on. They they originated, I think, in um, the Netherlands with uh, some uh, postmortem uh, uh, brain slices, and they discovered a difference in the size of the hypothalamus in trans people versus cis people of the same uh, assigned at birth um, state. So, uh, and that's where some people are saying now that uh, trans. Uh, is kind of a blurry line between that and and intersex because mm -hmm. part of the body is gendered. Now there's a lot of argument against you know differences of brain uh, 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 development, uh, function, and um, structure. So they there are a lot of people that say, well, there's no difference between males and females, and then there are other people that say, no, there's a lot. And we'll get to know more about this later on. Uh, a few of my personal doctors have said, no, we understand it to be, you know, somewhat of an intersex condition, um, but not like the others because the the brain is the part that is affected more than um, the reproductive organs mm -hmm. or chromosomes. So. Wow. So <laughs> it just you know it's a lot to take in, and you know it's it's and, and we haven't educated our society, and and there's just so many people out there that argue you know against science, right? Um, and you know when you're trying to explain to folks, you know this is something that you know it, you don't necessarily have control over. Um, this is who you are, exactly. Um, and then people say, hey, this is a choice, you know you you know, and obviously with the twins. Um, you know, people would pick up a book <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and do a little research and understand that, you know, these, these people, you know, they, it's, it's, you know, wh when did you decide to, to like who you liked? Exactly. You and know. what, when did you s decide that you're, you're a man, you know, right. mm -hmm. and it's, mm -hmm. you guys have probably known that you were men all along. So the idea that, um, oh, it's just a phase or oh. it's, you know, you just don't know you're confused. Uh, that isn't necessarily true right. um uh, but also there you know we can't uh 
talk about trans people without talking about the non-binary, which is a new, uh, uh-huh. it's not new, it's uh-huh. always been. Um, uh, but people are feeling more um, able to come out as non-binary uh-huh. and uh, to live their lives honestly that uh-huh. way. And, and that confuses some cisgender people um, because there's the narrative of the, uh, well, you just don't know what you are. You're uh, flip-flopping or whatever. And it's, it's not that at all. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's very much on a spectrum. You know, gender is on a spectrum. Physical sex is on a spectrum. These are all uh, more complicated than just the binary. And we really, as a culture, need to better understand that. Um, and what a, you know, as a young person, you know, who's de- developing and kind of figuring it out, as we all know, going through puberty is one thing. But when you're going through puberty and things are not, you know, there's not a, a book out there. Right. Or your parents aren't necessarily, not because they don't want to understand, they just don't understand. And then you don't have the vocabularies, you know, as you were growing up, to kind of explain this is what's going on and not right. knowing and feeling so, you know, I guess, for lack of word, you feel odd, I guess. Um, oh yeah. You know, <laughs> so as you know, as you, w- you know, when you were about twenty-two, well, I'm sure you were younger than twenty-two when it um, hit. You said you were eleven. About maybe. yeah, it was about three when I understood. So you, three, that, yeah, that, that that I was uh, being treated <laughs> in a way that wasn't consistent with right where I thought I was going. So let's jump ahead because we don't. We're kind of running out of time. So I want to. So I was four. <laughs> yeah. <to> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's jump on. So um, you you come out. You're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you got married. And got got married. Uh, we decided uh, for you know mostly for the the big reasons of the fourteen hundred plus uh, uh, benefits that you get when right, you're married. Right. Uh, we knew that I was transitioning. We knew all that was going to happen. And uh, it it had been the case that if you get married when you're still legally opposite sex uh, couple, then you can kind of sneak in under the radar, right? right? right. And as long as you didn't try to get a divorce, Uh then you were fine. Uh, And um, so we snuck in and then DOMA came around and that kind of messed things up for for, uh, us. our divorce right eventually and so that there's just so much to your story and um you know we, we gotta have you back on and yes and definitely I, talk about that because it's just just getting there's through. so much i want to talk about and we're yeah, already we, we definitely we gotta get you the end of um, the hour. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're already here we gotta Thank take you. out a one or two music breaks um and, and use that on for you uh, but um fascinating story um Thanks. and you know i've known you for years and I've always been impressed and, um, you know, a, a big fan of yours. <laughs> you'll, you'll be at the library? Yes, I'll be at the library on August 2nd, and uh, and that'll be for my your trans best friend, Ask Me Anything, uh, mm-hmm. and it will be in room 1C from 6 until 9. 
Awesome. I'm glad I have a I trans best friend now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that you have. Um, so we're out of time, but before we go, let's take a few moments to thank our amazing guest, Melanie Davis. And again, we keep uh, we want to thank you, thank you, and we appreciate you coming on. And we will definitely have you back. And folks, t you know, take some time and go visit her at the library. <laughs> I want additional thanks to all of our listeners and volunteers who make this possible. I'm Kevin Mosenzato. I'm Grant Rollins. Blooming Out is produced by Frankie Preslaff. Our executive producer is WFHB News Director Wes Martin. Lucas Fisher is our engineer. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm Justin Robertson. And I'm Frankie Preslaff, wishing everyone a wonderful Pride Month. And remember, if everything was straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. <laughs> Good night from your Blooming Out family. <laughs> You've been listening to Blooming Out on WFHB. Blooming Out is a product of WFHB's News and Public Affairs Department. Tune in every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. for Indiana's only LGBTQ plus news and public affairs program. You can hear this and other programs online at WFHB.org. Comments and suggestions for future topics or guests can be sent to Blooming Out at WFHB.org. That is blooming O-U-T at WFHB.org. And thank you for listening.